to I Hope I Can Make It Through, Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today we're taking a look at the Degrassi mini-episode archive. Uh, this week we are taking a look at Adam Lazaroff from Taking Back Sunday, Married My Mom, and Be Aware of Heather Sinclair. Uh, quick content warning. Um, the first one has that little uh, piece of old-school rock and roll where it's just like, men and flirting and being potentially involved with underage girls is totally okay in the eyes of the people in the episode um and the second episode is just a lot of bullying and referencing to the school shooting episode and stuff like that um we're in a new era of the uh degrassi minis where now we're taking a look at dream sequences and things like that alternative timelines that perhaps are the creation of our subconscious so shit's about to get weird <laughs> yeah so adam lazaro from taking back sunday married my mom is the first one okay let me just put this out there that like i feel like for a lot of other artists you don't need to say what band they're from like if i say dave Grohl married my mom i'm like okay the guy from food fighters married my mom yeah i mean the thing <laughs> taking back sunday that is really hard for me to figure out is um so i i come from a pretty biased perspective right because i was like really into i wasn't into taking back sunday as we talked about in our episode who knows with our airing schedule which episode's gonna come out first the mini episode or the episode i don't know actually but um in case that this comes out first or you listen to this first um I knew of Taking Back Sunday. I went to uh, Bamboozle, which was the big music festival that was in Jersey that Taking Back Sunday headlined, but I wasn't there for Taking Back Sunday, so I left during that set. Um, but I had a lot of friends who genuinely were into them. It was just a case of, like, I wasn't as into them. Much like, like, I had a lot of friends who were really into Alkaline Trio, but I myself wasn't really into Alkaline Trio, but I kind of absorbed it. Taking Back Sunday was a similar case of, like, a band that... I perceived at the time, I don't know how accurate it is, as a pretty big band, but that was because, like, a lot of people I knew liked them or knew of them or referenced them in some way, shape, or form. So, I, to me, if I saw, um, a title of Adam Lazara married my mom, I would get it. But I, it's also, like, it's really hard for me to know, and, and, I think some of this is also just because I lived it, so it's really hard to figure out the cultural relevancy of a lot of this these bands. Because, like, I was deep into this scene, for lack of better terms. Um, but it's, like, almost like Fallout Boy, where I think, like, everybody knows them, but they may not be as well-known to certain people if you didn't don't listen to certain genres, right? Like, there there's some bands that, like, you know... Not everyone knows AFI, but AFI has existed for dec like over a decade at this point, been decades at this point, have released music consistently, um, is a deeply influential band for a lot of musicians um, that are still actively making music, but ultimately you probably don't really know them. Um, it's really hard for me to know like what has cultural relevancy. So I guess it makes sense that they're having this as a clarification um, because Taking Back Sunday means something to some people, but just the nature of how music genres work, it may not mean something to everybody. Yeah, I think the internet and everything was such a thing at this point, like enough of a thing, that like we're starting to split away culturally. Yes. Like, you know, back in the day, everybody knew everything that was going on. 
Um, but like, cause there were just was, you know, there was like five channels, mm-hmm. like, you know, but as things expand, like suddenly you have your niches that you get into and get out of. Um, so, you know, if like certain people appear on certain other things, like now, like, I'm like, I'm not, don't know that person. <laughs> right. Cause it's like, it's like, I think this happens a lot in contemporary times with like, you know, there are like YouTube for example. Yeah, there are a couple YouTubers that have crossed over into different types of media. But the fact of the matter is, it's like, people use YouTube for so many different purposes that they're not going to necessarily, like, not every single person is necessarily going to know the biggest thing. Like, if you don't watch Minecraft Let's Plays, you probably don't know all of, like, the, the, the people who are, like, the biggest people hosting it and even if you are interested in something if you're interested in like beauty or something like that you may not know every single person you may only watch a couple um it's just yeah like things are just very scattered the idea of celebrity i feel like is only reserved for very specific people at this point yeah and a lot of them honestly were famous before the internet became as fractured as it did right like people know like, Beyonce has existed, her career has existed for such a long time. She has the cultural relevancy always, not just because of her current art, like, you know, still creating stuff, but also because, like, she kind of set, she began setting her roots as a celebrity before the internet became super insular. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things from the early aughts is in the uh, show Static Shock. Mm-hmm. There's an episode where Static goes to the future and meets Batman Beyond. Oh, that's fun. And, um, like, you know, Terry McGinnis doesn't recognize him. And he's just like, who are you? He's like, uh, and he makes a joke that he's Beyonce. And, like, Bruce Wayne comes in and he's like, Static, what are you doing here? And, like, Terry's like, this guy says his name is Beyonce or something. And I'm just like... You're telling me there's not at least five different Beyonce memorial schools in this future? Right? Well, it's like, it makes me think of Heya, because uh, when I think about Heya, uh, one of my favorite things to think about is how they say, and all you Beyonce's and Lucy Lou's, and like how they're still like gorgeous, consider gorgeous women in this time period. <laughs> like, like, what excellent women to reference that still are like seen as so fucking gorgeous so many years later. Yeah. Like damn <laughs> um God, I, I, sorry just a brief note like i fucking love lucy <laughs> oh me too i think she's she's also so fucking hot yeah holy shit but like but that's the thing it's like celebrity i think you're you're bringing up a very good point where celebrity is is um very relative um and it's beginning to be very relative in that time period i think that we're seeing the fading era of kind of like a lot of that celebrity culture um within this time period it's beginning to fade away and then um we are seeing like things just getting way more fractured um it's hard to stay on top of like i think a lot of adults think like oh i'm like you know i'm too old and things like that and i think it's just like no like you're not watching youtube as much as kids are and you're not watching the same thing kids are so it's really hard to stay on top of like what the youth are into nowadays well i think like sissy and i have discussed this um actually we discussed this way in the early days of teen girl talk like, back in the day, it was enough for a celebrity just to be a celebrity. Yep. But, like, things are so dire now, and, like, everybody is just so 
you know, like, basically, like, you have to be more than that. Like, you have to, like, you know, politics of the day, you have to have a standing on them. You do. Like, or else, like, you know, like, you're just considered vapid and shallow. Right. But, like, this, like, the time period of this is, like, I feel like the height of shallowness and vapidity. Yeah, which I loved and I miss sometimes. (laughs) I mean, yeah, because it just, like, it didn't feel like, you know, everything, like... Back then, our enemy, like... I mean, the enemies were still present, right? Yeah. The issues were still present. But this is an era where, um, for better or for worse, like, there was... Like, you could be a starlet. You could be, like, kind of, like, one of those those uh, tabloid fodder type stuff. And, like, the tabloids was a thing that wasn't just, like, TMZ getting a scoop before everybody else. Yeah. And then a mad dash on Twitter. Like, you could actually, like, publish a magazine and have new, new, quote-unquote, information uh, come out. It's just a very different time. And um, I think also, like, in 2021, I think the concept of celebrity, it, it just doesn't have... Like, people are resentful of celebrities, especially after what has happened um, in in between uh the pandemic and also like you know social social justice issues and things like that where um i think a lot of people are questioning like why do we care and like why should we care and you know these people are not trying to do anything with their platform or at least not at a level where they're making any like huge changes and i think there's a lot of resentment that has developed so it's not it's just not the same anymore and it's like i think that there is something very uh I don't know. It's like, it's like, I think a lot of like, um, I think there is a slight nostalgia and obviously there were still issues with celebrity culture back in like the mid and late aughts. Like there absolutely were issues. Um, but it, it does kind of be like, man, like there was a point in time where we were just kind of like watching, looking at pictures of people walking and that was like the height of entertainment. (laughs) Um, I do remember, like, well, and we also have seen, like, like, you know what's funny is, like, back, remember how back then we thought celebrities were in our faces all the time? Yeah. And, like, we were just celebrity obsessed, and I'm just, like, thinking about, like, we thought we were celebrity obsessed even without the instant thing of Twitter. Right. Like, you know, where now, you know, something happens and you will have, like, a ten celebrities saying their thing. And, like, usually one or two out of the ten will say something shitty. Right, And right. just lose a job for it. Right. It's just, like, it's 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 less uh, controlled, right? Like, people can just kind of uh, show their assholes constantly between different social media platforms. They're not as, uh, the image is not as controlled. And I don't think it's made anything for the better. No. I mean... I, th- I think it, um, I, I like to think that the uh, lessons we're learning is just like, we should not be putting these people on pedestals. No, we shouldn't. And, and that there are very talented individuals we don't know yet or haven't been super discovered yet or are just like, you know, pretty, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like they're very average, but like they're folks that don't live in LA or don't live in New York City that are just able now to, to share their gifts and talents. Yeah. Um, and I also just want to point out like that whole paparazzi thing. Like I remember at one point the paparazzi was basically trying, I mean, I also know like they shame everybody, but like this one particularly got my crawl because they tried to shame Brendan Fraser 
Yeah. And then, like, you know, Tumblr went to his defense. And was just like, it's just a bad angle. Look at it from this angle. It looks great. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just... And that one... that That's also a case that is particularly fucked up, right? Because yeah. of, of the horrible things that he's been through. And it's just basically like we we were at a very different spot than when we were even i think that things were shifting when this short happened but i do think that um we're in a very different spot in general uh comparatively like it's it's but this short is a bit regardless it's very interesting because it does kind of look at a even back then kind of antiquated take on celebrity in the sense of like so adam lazara is hanging out on uh emma's family couch with spike so that's the uh person that got married to adam lazara of taking back sunday well there's no other mom in the show that's right oh except for um mia right oh god yeah (laughs) and like occasionally mrs van zandt right very occasionally you're right it had to be spike but um so people are like slamming on the windows the curtains are drawn but you could see the outlines of people just kind of excitedly at the window and it's like it's interesting because i think um it's 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 just not it's just not the kind of of you know i don't know what it is regardless of like because like obviously take it back sunday has fans and there are people who like would be super pumped to see them but we'd probably see them at like you know a concert right like we would see them at a, a, a taking back sunday function like I, I feel like if I saw Adam was, I mean, like, well, that, that's the thing. Like, I feel like if you see, unless they are, like, a Marvel star or, mm-hmm. like, somebody who's just in your face nonstop, like, I'm sure if I saw certain celebrities, I'm sure if I saw Stephen King, like, one of the most, you know, best-selling American novelists on the street, I'd be like, yeah, that old man has very thick glasses. I, uh... I, I think of this about about this a lot in New York City because I, I commute to New York City and I walk around Manhattan and I do think sometimes like I have such tunnel vision that like people I know have had to physically walk in front of me and be like, hi, it's me. Because like I just have such tunnel vision, I'll keep going. Like I won't notice, I won't recognize because I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. And I do wonder how many times, like, I've, like, cut off, like, a celebrity. <laughs> like, like, an actor of some sort. And I'm just like, fuck it, you're walking too slow. Like, fuck you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, I was reading a um, thing of, like, people who had celebrity encounters. What was it like? And one person's just like, I was just done with the day. I just wanted to go home. I hear somebody yell, hold the door. And I hit the cl- door close button. And as I see the doors close, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets to the door. And I just see no. <laughs> And then, like... That's fucking funny. This other person talking about being in a bookstore with Stephen King, and he's, like, looking at one of Stephen King's books, and Stephen King, like, just kind of was looking for something near him, and he's just like, like, that's a pretty good book, I think. He's like, oh, cool. Well, how do you know? He's like, I wrote it. <laughs> and he's like, like, what a power move. Well, I was like, sorry, this will be my last Stephen King thing. I'm just on a bit of a Stephen King kick, because I just read his book on writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very good read. I, if you're, I read it in high school. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, you probably, there's an updated version. Where oh, is he there? has conversations with his sons. Because um, one son does, like, the audiobooks of his books, and the other one he writes with sometimes. Interesting. But anyway, um, 
uh one fan <laughs> said like it's like you must be my tallest fan <laughs> and, incredible and then another one like these two boys heard he was doing a um book signing but it was a school day so they skipped school and went to the book signing mm. and he like they got there and they were real nervous to talk to him he's like shouldn't you boys be in school <laughs> and they're like uh he's like you know what i used to be a teacher i'll write you a note and he wrote them a note and signed their books and they went he's like give that to your principal and he gave it they gave it to the principal and the principal just tore it up in front no! of them and he's like, my dad nearly, the guy's dad, like, my dad nearly cried, but he's glad he still had the signed book. Yeah, that's good, at least. I, I've only had one, yes, I think I've only really had one notable, like, organic celebrity interaction, which, again, is relative, right? So, um, I went to, uh, American Idiot on Broadway when Davey Havoc was, uh, the, the uh, St. Jimmy. And I was, like, super fucking excited just to see Davey because it was, like, a big deal. And honestly, it still was a really cool experience. So I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I got my mom and I went. Um, and I forget what I was doing. I was, like, it was, like, be right before we went in, I was, like, going to the bathroom or whatever. And I see someone walk past. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Jade Puget. That's the guitarist of AFI. And I was like, holy shit. And, like... I didn't, I was, like, in high school. I was young. And I was just, like, uh, and I, I, like, just, like, bumped into him, like, a second time. And I was just, like, oh, like, hey. Like, I tried to be really cool and low-key about it. Like, my mom, I think, went to the bathroom after, like, after me. And I was just, like, oh, like, hey, like, it's really cool to meet you. And, like, you know, like, you know, you're really, like, great. Like, your band is really important to me and everything. He was super polite, super nice about it. He's with his now wife. Um. And, and, like, you know, he was super appreciative of it. My mom comes back and was like, oh, like, who are you talking to? And I was like, oh, I was talking to Jade from, from AFI. And mom's like, get a fucking picture. What are you doing? <laughs> and I, like, sheepishly come back to him. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. My mom wants me to take a picture with you. Uh, is that okay? And he's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Like, he was so sweet about it and so patient about it. And, like, in hindsight, like, I... I'm still very surprised at how nice he was about it because, like, he wasn't in AFI mode. Like, he wasn't at a show. He was supporting a friend. Like, he wasn't doing, like, a signing or anything like that. Um, I don't I have no idea how many people knew who he was there. But um, he was super nice and super, super appreciative and super polite. And, like, especially after spending years being into that band and, like, dreaming of meeting them... The fact that, like, he was just super nice and it was, like, a totally organic moment, like, it, it meant the world to me. And, like, I don't know, it made me real. it was just, like, such a cool moment. It's, like, the only real time I've, like, bumped into someone, but it was such, like, an important person to bump into that it was totally worth it. I met, uh, I, okay, this will be the last one. No, we got <laughs> Yeah. Um, I met Dessa, my favorite oh, yeah. rapper. I met her two or, th I think I met her twice. Um. Uh, she was just like at the like I she, she was just like cruising the floor because like she, she likes to get in with um you know the the fans and whatnot. So like I met her, I was just like, oh man, I love your music. It's really great. She's like, oh cool, thanks. Just super nice. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, I got to also ask her a question. Um, which she did this like there's this place called the green space in new york city mm -hmm. um and i like was much more eloquent than when i got to talk to her in person um where like i asked her the question 
um, you and Tim Kasher are my favorite, like, uh, singer-songwriters, um, but, like, you you write very personal personal music, and, like, in a lot of Tim Kasher's songs, he writes that people come up, like, the people who know the songs are about them come after him about it, and I'm like, do you, like, get reactions from people who know their songs about them? And she actually told me it was a really good question, and, like, my heart exploded, <laughs> but, um, she also runs her own merch table. That's and, like, cool. to meet people and, like, sign things for them. Yeah. She is just super humble and super great. Yeah, I, I've i had a lot of um, interactions with musicians, like, at the merch stand. Like, you know, like, I, I, I count the interaction with Jade to be very different because it was just, like, bumping into somebody. But it's, like, I, I've had, like, very, it's always, like, a real pleasant surprise to interact with a, a musician I met chris Barron a ton of times at the merch stand and i remember um one time he had a just like he like um had an interaction with one of my kids that i worked with in a camp in canada at like a you know a different show a little bit before and um it was like there was like a money exchange type thing and like she she was like she, basically like he was gonna lose money if he took her money type situation like he couldn't really make the change or something like there was like some sort of like weird thing like that um, and she, like, ran to the bar and, like, got the change and came back and he was, like, super, like, he was super nice to her and gave her some, like, like, you know, just, like, really nice to her. It was, like, gave, got, like, pics with her and stuff. And I was just, like, hey, like, thank you for, like, being nice to my kid. That, like, means a lot to hear. He, like, remembered when it happened and everything. It was, like, his persona broke for a second. Like, his usual kind of, like, you know, flippant, cool musician guy persona just, like, snapped. He's, like, oh, yeah, no, like... <laughs> That was like really like yeah no that was he, that was a really good kid and I was just like oh good you're a person I'm glad um, but it's just like yeah there's there are plenty of good moments to to be had I'm sure other folks listening to this have had interactions like this as well um, I, I honestly don't I think really we went so hard on this because I don't have much to say about you're this right well it's, it's just like a like a fake sitcom kind of thing yeah it's and just. It's, not good right it's like where a lot of the time degrassi when they're working with constraints we get fun stuff this one just kind of fell really flat because i i think the reason why is because there wasn't there wasn't really that heart where i feel like even dating for dudes has heart in a in a weird fucked up way dating for dudes has a lot of heart and it's like that's why that one works and this doesn't really work because there isn't really any heart it's not very genuine because it's mean-spirited yeah it's mean-spirited it's kind of gross um like they're like oh i'm glad like you know spike didn't like make you know marry that uh, that high school teacher and snake comes in wearing a like fucked up suit with some flowers like oh, i've always loved you and they throw him out right i, I do, do they make mention that he's diabetic because like oh like this other guy didn't like sugar or right like it's like this weird thing and like it's so weird to me because the whole entire thing is like sugar and like like the band makes like a cake casserole or some shit like that but it's also like yeah like it feels like the the uh the what it should be is just snake is a failed musician adam lazara is a successful musician she got with like you know she dumped the guy who stopped having aspirations of being in a band and then got with somebody in a successful band shouldn't that just be the whole entire hook <laughs> what's with the sugar and like though i will say that they do a very good job of dressing down spike mm -hmm. for like when she's in you know emma mom mode 
Mm-hmm. Because, like, when they, like, gussy her up, I'm just like, dang. <laughs> she's she's also a cool alternative chick. Because, yeah. like, she, she over time, like, gets covered in tattoos. Like, she, she isn't quite there yet, but, like, it, oh, as the show continues, like, it feels like she just accrues more and more tattoos. So, like, if any parent was of the parents that we don't have, it makes sense for Spike to be the one who dates a successful musician. Yeah, they, in the latest Persona game, Persona 5, because there's a lot more adults you interact with, they have, like, what if the adults talk to each other about, like, you, and just, like, man, he's just, he's a good kid, but man, he's weird. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> like, I just would love, like, an episode, like, oh my god, that'd be amazing. If we actually had parents in this, they could have a PTA meeting. Yeah. And just talk about, like, we like we need to do better. Yeah. <laughs> like, our kids are going through so much. Yeah, no, that's why I like, I've, I've gotten really into, like, as told by Ginger, because it's like we see a lot of parental dynamic stuff happening, and like we we see kind of like the way that uh, some of the characters, like parents, act and stuff, and just it's it's very enjoyable in that sense. Um, and it's just something Degrassi just never really has done all that much. There was like a lot of it early on, and I think it really like kind of lost that thread, and it's kind of a shame because I think that we talk a lot about how. <laughs> Basil just did, just sniffed Frank's, uh, mic setup and then did, like, the stank face in response. <laughs> I'm slow blinking at the cat to try and get her to trust me. Producer like... Basil is on it. She has thoughts. She has takes. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a very mean-spirited kind of episode. It's, like, also one of those things where it's, like, the monkey's paw happens of, like, Emma and, uh, Liberty actually interact, but... Liberty is, like, really weirdly coming on to Adam Lazara the whole time. There's nothing wrong with this, say the producers of Degrassi. Right. It's just, like, a lot of, like, really, like, that kind of, like, weird vibe. And it's, like, is that something that a teenage girl thinks? Of course! But it's still, like, really weird to see play out with the, act with like, the guy right there. And Ellie comes in and she's, like, a mean nerd. Yeah, like, it's just, like, there's... Again, there's just not very much heart. It's it's just kind of just, like, a really weird thing. Um, and it's just, like, weird and desperate. Yeah. It, it's just, like, really try hard. It's like we had Adam Lazaro on set. Fuck it. Let's make a mini. But, like, it, they could have made so many more interesting minis. I think there could have been. Yeah. I think, like, even if we did. Even this premise, I think, could have been better. Like, uh, I, I just don't really see the point. Yeah. It, it's whatever. So, the next one is weird. <laughs> it's Be Aware of Heather Sinclair. So, the premise, I think, of this one is really promising, right? Because it's, like, in theory, it is confronting uh, Miss Heather Sinclair, who has been a, um, a phantom of Degrassi, really, because, you know... We... Much like I will haunt the drag race. Yes, much like you will haunt drag race. Um, the, uh, you know, she's the character that gets referenced a lot, usually by Paige in some hateful way, but it's like, we don't see her. It's kind of a funny gag. It's, it is a funny gag. I will say the Heather Sinclair gag is silly and goofy and fun. Yeah. And the premise of seeing something for her, but done from her point of view, so it's first person the whole entire time, also is really funny. Yeah. But, um... It's just not quite executed in the way that 
the the way I see it is that like everybody mocks Heather Sinclair, right? Constantly, like you know, it's like oh, it's such and such from Heather Sinclair, like Heather Sinclair has that bad haircut. But she, in this first person thing, she's mean to everyone. Right. Like, she's an asshole and, like, people anticipate that she's going to be an asshole. Like, no, you don't, like, you can't have a shadowy figure of the biggest asshole in the school character. It's, I think that there is a little bit of an asshole vibe that, I think the thing is, is, like, she's walking around like she is the queen bee. Which might be the deeper commentary that they're trying to make at the end of the episode with the reveal. But um, she's she's walking around like she owns the place in many ways. Because she basically just goes through the whole entire episode mocking characters. Um, and, And mocking them in ways that is really, like, really shitty. Like, it's just shitty. Like, it's not even funny. Sorry, I am. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because Dahlia stuck her head out of your room, went, <laughs> and then ducked her head back. <laughs> um, for those those who didn't, who who can't see in this audio only, <laughs> I looked around really drastically and then ducked my head back into a room. <laughs> That's just they're just the usual shit. The usual shit. Living with three cats, um, but but um, yeah, she's just mean. Like, she says, like, really, like, kind of, like, really, like, off-putting shit to, again, it's like, if she was making shit, like, if she was just kind of roasting people and it was funny, like, it would be a very different. The thing is, the thing is that, like, you know, she mocks Danny and Derek. She calls them Ebony and Ivory, which really doesn't sit well with me. No, it's gross. It's really gross. And then, like, says something about, like, how, like, they, do they try to, like, match each other's hair and things like that, which is also, like, really gross. Yeah. And again, I think it's that unintentional, but it really doesn't sit right. Yeah. Like, there's there's a way to do this that would be better. And it'd be better if, like... Heather Sinclair was a villain against the villains of the school. That would be fun. I think I think that or just like you know how like roasting is like you know the art of the roast is like a really delicate balance because you want to like it's it's like you, you're trying to be mean but you're trying to be funny simultaneously yeah. and like that really delicate really delicate thing. Now, every time we mention roasting, I always think about Nikki. I think it's Nikki. It's Nikki some Nikki. Her the, the comedian's name is Nikki. Yeah. But like when she roasts Jewel at like somebody else's like, you know, roast she's like, Jewel, I love your teeth. They're like the spice girls. They're all different colors and doing their own thing. <laughs> like I'm like, that's a good burn. Yeah, like like that's the thing. It's like it, it, it it's a delicate balance and these just don't land. Cause it's like there's that those comments and then she moves on to um Emma and like her diss toward Emma is just like, hey, remember when you were an activist for a couple years? Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, I missed that. <laughs> she's like, you finally got out of that gawky activist clothes, and I'm just like, the the dolphin pants still track, okay? The dolphin pants still track, right? Like, yeah, again, it's like of all the things you can make fun of for Emma, you you know, some like little hipster would love to find those dolphin pants. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I would love to find those dolphin pants. Those, those <laughs> dolphin pants are being, like, upcharged, like, like $30, $40 on Depop right now. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make fun of your height, but just because of the disparity between you and Miriam McDonald, I'm sure those pants would fit you now. 
Probably. <laughs> they very well may. So. One day I'll find them and like fucking depop. <laughs> anyway, um, then then she gets to Jimmy and Spinner. Oh, and... that was shitty. How did she know that though? Because that's, that's, that's my... observant. That's my issue with it. She's just like... Okay, so the thing she says, she's like, hey, Jimmy, I'm really proud of you. And he's like, oh, thanks. Or I really admire you. It's the way you keep Spinner on the line for, like, getting you shot. Like, I'm like, how'd you know about that? <laughs> Jimmy barely knows about that. <laughs> right. Like, it's just very odd. It's just, like, very odd. And it's just, like, really fucked up. Like, it's not... Again, it's not funny. Haha, <laughs> remember the school shooting? Haha! <laughs> Haha, remember how your friend that you've been slowly trying to make amends with was complicit in your, your uh, you know, your life-changing injury? Haha! <laughs> 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 like, that, that's the kind of joke where, like, even the, the, like, you know, you hear somebody else say, and, like, even the kid you don't like, it's just like, Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, it's just yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it's like you're like, man, I don't even like that kid. But I, I cross my mind. That's too much. Well, yeah, like that's when the quote unquote bad kid, because you know everything is environment and yeah, thing would just be like, don't fucking say that. Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, that's not no. Like fuck no. <laughs> like there's there's like there's the tough kids, and then there's the bullies, and then there's like the point where the tough kids are like, you don't, you don't fucking step. Yeah. Like, like that. You don't stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then she goes to Liberty. And Liberty's... I feel like Liberty's delivery of her situation is funnier. Yeah. Than anything else. Because Liberty is just kind of like, oh, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have fucking time for you, Heather Sinclair. I'm well aware of my fucking situation. And, you know, relitigates the fact that, like, JT is with Mia and they want to open up a, you know, a daycare at Degrassi and shit like that. And it's like, that was far funnier than anything else that we see in this episode. Yeah. Um, oh, and then Peter. I, this, this, I mean, everything she said was terrible before this, but this kind of turned around for me, where she's like, oh, that shirt really brings out the evil in your eyes. And I stopped, and I'm like, Heather Sinclair speaks the truth. And then Frank hit, on, like, hit play. And, and then, then she's like, he's so hot. I'm like, damn it! Yep. I have, like, Frank's reactions in my notes. <laughs> because I needed to make sure we reported that. But again, like, the, the blue the, the, the blue of the shirt bringing out the evil in your eyes is funny. That's fun. And it's the only time anybody has ever admonished him for that bullshit. Right. Even Manny hasn't called him out that hard on it. No, it's just, it's just. It's such a shame. Because, again, I think this could have been a funniest fuck episode. It just, it, it needed, it needed to be funnier. Okay, so, she gets to her locker. She opens up the locker door. There's a mirror, and it's Paige in a much blonder wig. Yeah, although, and, don't forget, she calls a Darcy Value Village beforehand. Yeah. Is that, is that, I'm gonna look up if that's a, uh, an actual store in Canada. Yeah, but, like, yeah, like, she, it's like, she wakes up. From conking out in the library. But it's also just like, I mean, I guess it's kind of like. There's it, a Value Village in in Hawthorne, New Jersey. That's probably why I know it. I'm like, yeah, Value Village. I couldn't place why, but that sounds right. It's a, 
I think the thing about the dream is, like, I, I think looking back on it, it's supposed to give the same energy as, like, when you have a dream and you're, like, clearly have graduated high school and you're still having dreams of, like, missing assignments. I assume it's that, because Paige hated Heather Sinclair, right? That's, like, her mortal enemy that we never saw. And then, you know, to dream and to be her is bad. But, like, which is probably why she couldn't be funny, right? Like, she couldn't be too funny because Paige... Because this is Paige's hell. I mean... That would make sense that, like, Paige, like, Paige calls out the evil in him. Right. And then also would just be like, oh, gross, I thought, it, I, I said he was hot. <laughs> right. Like, it's still, like, you know, a nightmare scenario for her. But even then, it just, it goes way too far. I, like, I would like this, I would have liked this to end in a different way. Mm-hmm. Where, like, um, this is gonna sound weird, but like, I'm reminded of this old, um, Conan O'Brien skit where he's, it's like a parody of him played by Jim Carrey, and he's super mean and, like, throwing coffee, like, you know, like, a, it's like an intern's like, I brought you coffee, Mr. O'Brien, he's like, thank you, and he, like, takes it, he's like, hey, did you just look me in the eye, you piece of crap, and he throws the coffee on him, and just like, give me another one, then you're fired, and, like, he finally looks himself in the mirror, and he goes, can't hear the laughter anymore and starts crying <laughs> and like i would like it something like that where it's just like she's just like why well, don't i have any friends it just starts crying right right but i also think in general just the premise itself was sound without the dream sequence like the idea again of having a character that doesn't usually get any spotlight whatsoever actually be able to be you see a little bit of her life was a totally fine premise for a mini-episode. In fact, I'd relish the idea. Well, the idea of dreams is going to uh, prevail probably for a little while, cause, especially in our next one, which is going to be way sadder, and we're going to hop to. Yeah. Much like Dahlia just hopped into Donnie's lap. Yep. All right, see you in the next one. See ya. <laughs> Get a dog and pony from a judgment. Here we are. Oh, 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 oh. Round in circles around.